Welcome to a new world of entertainment. The Ultimate Film and Television Podcast. Featuring Mike Winkler. Daniel English. From Condiment Games, Jeremy Larson. And Jason Kabasic. Created by Friends. All film lovers. We feature in depth podcast discussions, interactive Facebook Live episodes. And celebrity interviews. Subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Welcome to the Lights Camera Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. On this episode, I own an island. Off the coast of Costa Rica. And I spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve. The most advanced amusement park in the entire world. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. At no expense. What John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park was create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more, nothing less. Life will not be contained. Life breaks free. It spreads from the territories and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously. But... The wall's 40 feet high. Really think you climb down. Depends. What? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? Before he ever dreamt of an island, he began construction on an amphitheater. The world seemed to hold its breath. We stood at the turning point. He abandoned it in favor of something far grander. And ultimately, Impossible. Between two great planetary years, the million-year reign of man, and the age of the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and man, two species separated by 65 million years of evolution. How can we possibly have the slightest idea? Creation is an act of sheer will. 
It'll be flawless. Welcome back in to the Jurassic Park retrospective, ladies and gentlemen. Someone is back on the podcast, Mr. Daniel English. Welcome back, mm-hmm. Dan. Thanks. Good to have you back, Dan. Yeah, thanks. And Jeremy and Jason are also with me, too. Um, before we start this episode, um, I don't know if anybody had read the Facebook post, um, but Alistair Englehart has taken a leave of absence from the uh, podcast due to some family um, family obligations and commitments. So we're sad to see him go, um, but he lives on here in spirit, and we hope he comes back to us when uh, when things start to get better and, and more free time. So he will be missed, but... We are all still here to entertain everybody. Uh, well, entertaining goes a little bit of a stretch, but hey, we try. We try. That's our goal. We just try. Um, but we dove into Jurassic Park last time, one through three. Um, I think uh, Jeremy and Jason and I were all pretty much in agreement universally, especially on the much controversial Jurassic Park 3. But um, before we get into Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, uh Dan, do you want to throw out a few minor thoughts on Jurassic 1 through 3? For as The only thing I'll say is for as much as I like the first one, I just am not captivated by the series as a whole. Really? Yeah. Alright, I I'm, guess we should, uh, we should kick him from this, uh, <laughs> this episode, shouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, I see Mike's got his shirt, he's drinking from his mug, and it's not that I dislike them, I just, I don't know. I well, have, I mean, I... dinosaurs aren't everybody's thing, either. That's true. Like, we're not Ross Geller yeah. from Friends. No, we're not all paleontologists. <laughs> yeah, it's, especially with the second phase with with Jurassic World, I just felt like they were recycling old plot lines and didn't have the visuals to justify such trite plots. Like, it seemed to me kind of like a um, first movie of the Star Wars third trilogy issue where it was kind of just a new hope recycled, you know, with different different parallels. But that mm-hmm. movie looked amazing. The music was phenomenal. And I just don't feel like Jurassic Park brought enough visually speaking or, or musically or effects-wise to just justify being the same movie. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that is actually my biggest gripe with Jurassic World is that too much of it felt like they were trying to duplicate what they did in Jurassic Park, and you just don't duplicate a classic film. Um, They thought by throwing in, you know, Chris Pratt, which by this point he was on his hot streak with being in almost every movie like Guardians and Passengers and, and such, and I think that they thought by recycling some old plot points that it was going to work, and Jurassic World doesn't do enough for me to warrant it as a true loyal sequel to the first three. And I think Fallen Kingdom even does it worse. I think Fallen Um, Kingdom is is an absolute carbon copy with a little bit of change uh, to the Lost World. Hey, we've got Dominion to look forward to. Let's see if it follows Jurassic Park 3. 
no, third time remember charm. we talked about this. It's going to follow oh, yeah, the alien right. pattern. It's going right. to morph it with, it with human DNA. Human hybrids. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least it'll oh. be original. <laughs> I, yeah, it'll be original. I mean, uh, it'll be the most original of the three. So there's that. Yeah. I just I mean, going... any any piece of shit can be original. It's still a piece of shit. Here, here's here's the big problem with the the improving the look of the dinosaurs. It's just it, you the way they did it in the original trilogy of Jurassic Park. It was damn near flawless. Just looking at the dinosaurs in those first three movies, I felt I was captivated by the dinosaurs and how they looked right there. I don't know how much they could have done to improve that look. Yeah. Um... Jurassic World 2 did, they incorporated too much CGI. They got away from what made Jurassic Park special with the animatronics and making them look real. There were so many CGI shots in Jurassic World. Way too many. And and this is the problem that I have with movies as a whole in this modern day and age of uh, cinema. It's the fact that everything seems to be way too reliant on CGI to make it seem real realistic and you know about as true to life as you can get no no all you're doing is just making it look even more robotic than it needs to be i'll agree with you in there yeah well hollywood cinema today they they're so reliant on how they can make the movie look flashy and um sometimes the special effects triumph if they're trying to make movie if they're trying to make movies flashy and all that just hire michael bay explosions everywhere here there you get an explosion. You get an explosion. No, here, you know what? Let's do Michael Bay and a J.J. Uh, Abrams collaboration. So oh, explosions no. and lens flares for Jurassic World 3. I think that would be a great... Hey, I, yeah. I, I'm just glad that at least J.J. Abrams was able to take the lens flares and actually make a story around it, unlike <clears throat> Michael Bay. Let's throw a little dab of uh, M. Night Shyamalan in there, too. Oh, God, please, no. What? No, hey. no. This is an anti-Jurassic Park podcast, not an anti-M. Night Shyamalan podcast. Yeah, it's I. so when I watched the first one, I, I'm i with you, Jeremy. I thought, man, this, is, this holds up really well. This is good. I mean, there wasn't a crazy amount of movement in all of the presentations of the dinosaurs, but generally speaking, I felt like it looked pretty great for how old it was. And mm-hmm. I kind of felt, the opposite way about Jurassic World. Now, I thought Fallen Kingdom did a little bit better, and even though I'm not wholly convinced that the volcano wasn't way over the top, I did feel like it added some pretty good visuals. I liked the meteors and the fire and the water. That looked good to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But the dinosaurs, especially in Jurassic World, are where it fell short for me. They kind of did this you know, you're not gonna see this. Um, what's the what's the big new one called? The Idonosaurus, the Indominus uh, uh, Rex. Dominus Rex. Yeah, that's what is thing. it. Ver- Verizon Wireless presents the Indominus Rex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they kind of hid that dinosaur from you, but then having done that, they had to compete with the Tyrannosaurus Rex reveal in the first Jurassic Park. And it just didn't even come close. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. And maybe, I also yeah. think... 
I also think Jurassic World's biggest problem is, is I don't think that the main characters are interesting enough. There's not much appeal. They, they try to do so much to make Chris Pratt mm. likable and you uh, get involved with him like you did with Ian Malcolm and Alan Grant. And the fact is, he is not those things. He's just not interesting enough to be the character that we're following through a new trilogy. No, well, I, I, I feel agree. like they didn't let him be funny. No, like he yeah, was restrained. It's very reserved. It's the same kind of mistake they made with the Tomorrow War, is Chris Pratt is not being Chris Pratt. We see, were, yeah. I, think it, I think in the way of the Tomorrow War, that showed off more of what Chris Pratt can do in an actual serious role. I thought that it was actually really well done. Hmm. Hmm. I haven't but seen it yet. So I think if, you, if you let Chris Pratt be funny in everything, then you're just getting Chris Pratt funny in everything. And he's you're typecast. Getting, you're getting him typecast into <laughs> he's the funny guy roles. And and I think I, that we have he, enough of those. He was very dialed back in both of the films, and it was it was hard to watch because he almost cringed at his own lines sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's like it's like, like the moments where he gets the little bits of humor in the movie. It doesn't feel like him. Mm-hmm. Mm. It feels like a it feels like Chris Pratt with a muscle. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a, the perfect way to describe it. Um, but hey, we I mean, want you, but we don't actually want you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so okay, so we we know negatively how we feel about this. Let's try Before to fix something. Before we switch, positive. I have a game that might be fun. Okay. I can guarantee you I'm going to have a hard I'm going to need more time for a positive. Mm-hmm. Who would have been a better male lead than Chris Pratt? Who are we talking? Okay. All right. I got questions for this. Are we talking about well known established actors at, at this point in time? Or are we going down the road of more newer actors who are looking for a role to prove themselves in you're the casting director you choose and and go one way or the other because i could see you know brad oh i guess i feel like uh, i feel like brad pitt would have just turned into daisy with dinosaur uh, a world war z with dinosaurs oh you know i was thinking that yeah brad pitt from (laughs) inglorious bastards (laughs) oh god like being a because what's funny is I almost found the Raptor Wrangler from the first Jurassic Park more interesting and entertaining than Chris Pratt. Oh and when I gosh. first saw him, I thought, oh, cool. Chris Pratt is going to be a little bit out there, a little bit goofy, but like, you know, I know these beasts like the back of my hand. And mm-hmm. he was just bland. And I was kind of bummed about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have to say Sean Astin. Not Sean, not Astin from like what we know of now, but Astin from the days of like Rudy. Well, oh, if it was Sean a young Astin. Sean Astin, yeah, um, Goody's, yeah, Goody's okay. Sean Astin, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I could, I could kind of see that. That, that Sean Astin like a, recently. That or an Edward Norton style character uh, actor. 
Ed Norton. See, I feel like I feel like Owen Owen's character should have been more. See, well, he, you know what? I think you guys are gonna. I'm gonna get confused on this, but I think Gerard Butler sounds like a good choice in my head. Mm. I could be. Yeah, I think that would have made him more interesting. He could pull off serious and funny at the same time. Yeah, he has something about him where he has a good balance, just the way he acts. He doesn't try so hard. It just kind of comes out of him naturally. Exactly. All right, I got it. John Leguizamo. Honestly, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> okay, are you talking about him now or him like 15 years ago? Well, what has he done lately? Chef. John Wick. Was he in Chef? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the sous chef. I'm gonna have yeah. to go back and rewatch that. But uh, we're uh, we're talking about we're talking about John Leguizamo from back when Spawn had first come out. So like Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yes. Luigi. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a uh, curveball here and say for some reason I'm stuck on Michael Caine. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh god you know he would have played a good version of another version of dr hammond in this trilogy i mean yeah he would have been or a great, john, Ham- or john hammond for that role but as this... the main lead male that's actor right. that's right um <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know and maybe i don't like bryce dallas howard either that might oh, be no. an issue I, with this her, not a her, fan uh, she was so dry in that movie, in both movies, and and her character development from one movie to the other was incredibly flopped. Mm. Yeah, where it could have well, been and more, the chemistry sucked too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it's have no the, chemistry. It's one of the first times where they've just nuked a relationship between the movies and barely gave it any reason. And I was like, eh, okay, I believe it. Yeah, that's the most uh, confusing part, is that the way Jurassic World ends, they, they act as though these two have kind of rediscovered each other, and they're on good terms. Then we get into Fallen Kingdom, and it's like that whole slate is just wiped clean. Yeah. Let's do it all over again. Why? Why Why do it all over again? We don't need to see it part, uh, a take two of the same thing. Well, it's because, and here's, here's my reasoning, is that I think that the characters themselves got to know, like each other on kind of a deeper level and it was a deeper level that they weren't compatible with in a way but they didn't explain that enough it wasn't a it wasn't a dis, it was a disagreement over living in an RV which pretty much drove them apart which was rather boring in my opinion okay. agreed and an awfully surface level too mhm mhm um if it were me uh, instead of going in the direction that they did with bringing in new characters, if I'm going to do a proper sequel to Jurassic Park, I would have brought back Ian Malcolm or, or Alan Grant because those are the characters we know and find interesting. Mm-hmm. And those are the characters I want to see the story continue with because we're familiar with them. They understand dinosaurs. They've been to Jurassic Park. And if they were going to rebuild a park with Jurassic World, what better people to have to go to Jurassic World to tell them, what are you doing? This is totally wrong than the people that were there to begin with. I think yeah. the whole the whole character of Claire Deering should have been... Claire's character should have been much older 
to have the experience of being in both the genetics world and the entertainment business. She was far too young of an actress to play a part that made it believable. Yeah. She made all these too. big decisions to create the Indominus Rex, mm -hmm. and it's just like, I get it, that's a, a young person's mistake, but even someone with experience could have made that mistake of being like, just biting off more than they could chew. Mm -hmm. Alright, Dan, since you brought up the whole uh, male lead actor, female lead actress, then who would you choose? Mm. Uh, oh, I got. I, I actually have one in mind, but I can't think of her name. I've or... had mine locked in since we were started talking about the male lead actor. I'm like, who would be a good actress for a lead role like this? Jenna Coleman. I don't think I know who that is. Yeah, you know that's actually that's actually not bad, Jace. That yeah, because you know what, watching her in Doctor Who and a yep. few other small things, she has a certain charm, a sort sort of elegance about her when she acts. That mm -hmm. I think she would have been likable right away. That's a good pick. I don't even want to do pick not. one because that's actually a really good decision. I was thinking Sandra Bullock. I could see Sandra Bullock uh, from the Speed Days. My, no, my no, no, no. I'm thinking Gravity Sandra Bullock, the one who's competent and can play a woman who dedicated her life to her career, but then adding a little bit of the miscongeniality charm. If I don't know, yeah. I think that would have worked well. But I, but maybe yeah. Chris Pratt. I mean, I could see family. it, but at the same time, I don't know if I would almost rather see Bryce Dallas Howard because I think that Sandra Bullock is just as dry of an actress. Ooh. No. Really? You think? <laughs> I've never really been a big Sandra Bullock fan. The net speed. Yeah. I mean, the net for sure. Miss congeniality. 28 her, days. Her, okay. Okay. I'm going to go on about this real quick before we go even further off track here. When it comes to Miss Congeniality, I thought she tried way too hard in that movie. Wow. I mean, shit, she was even charming in All About Steve, and that movie is just out there, but he, she was even charming in that. <laughs> Gravity? I. The crazy thing is, I don't even think she has just charm. I think her career shows that she has, like, breadth and depth. She's She's been in in quirky comedies that don't get too deep. I I thought Gravity was kind of an overwhelming movie, but I still mm -hmm. loved it and thought everybody mm -hmm. did a good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's probably just because she was one of my brother's favorites back in the day, so I feel like I've been watching her movies forever. I think she comes off very again, natural. I mean, this is all one of those, you know, this is, and as we like to constantly say with Jerry and joke about, you know, this legitimately is subjective. Like, and yeah, everyone has her own opinions true. on this. Sure, I it's just true. have always thought that she was just a bit of a dry actress who tried too hard sometimes. Yeah, there's some roles she's just okay, and I can see that from some things she has done because her whole body of work is not perfect. She's done some duds. Sure, um, but so is every actor, just about. So, um, okay, so we've talked very negative about Jurassic World. Let's let's try to find something positive from it. What, what are some of the positives? 
I think the creativity behind the Indominus Rex was actually... It sounded smart. Like, it, it was actually oh, yeah. a, smart, a smart, created dinosaur. Mm-hmm. One positive for me is the fact that, I mean, as controversial of movies as these were, in the sense that, you know, just how many people did not really enjoy them, hey, look at what it's done in box office numbers. So I've got it pulled up here. It and did do really well. The budget was $150 million and the box office numbers was $1.67 billion. Mm. I, that, it, obviously, it had something going for it if people were <laughs> willing to go and watch it enough that it made almost $2 billion in the box office. I can narrow down to you right now what it was about. It was the fact that it was nearly, what, uh, 15 years since a Jurassic Park film had come out? How did um, the second Jurassic World fare against the first? Because uh, I think that'll Fallen be telling. Kingdom had a budget of a hundred between uh, between one hundred and seventy and one hundred and eighty-seven million, and did one point three one billion in the box office. And what did the first one do? One point seven. One point six seven. I mean, again, that could but be attributed I, to people want to see the Jurassic Park story continue. Um, but but yeah. I, if you look at it this way, they it, they still both made an average of about two about one point five billion in the box office per movie. Mm-hmm. So I and that's nothing to scoff at at all. Any. Sure. Any film company is going to be looking at that like, all right, let's make money. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that's just all attributed to the fact that it's it, that Jurassic Park is a franchise legacy. And, you know, um, and it even comes down to why Fast and the Furious is even successful, because at the end of the day, it's still a legacy franchise that's been around for a long time. It has its yeah. built in fan base. And it just keeps generating money. Look at Transformers. We did they did five of them, and even though they were getting gradually worse with each movie, so they were still making billions and billions of dollars because you had Wait, your built-in whoa, whoa. fans. Did you just say just just gradually worse, or they fell off a cliff? Bad, progressively worse. I don't know. Have you ever gone back and watched them? The first one is not even that great. No, the first one's still slightly above I average. feel like that was a novelty, like, oh, this was an awesome cartoon when mm-hmm. we were young. It was it was a cool concept, and CG was making leaps and bounds. Right. I, I, it's funny, because I hear your positive, Jeremy, and I do agree that the Dominus Rex was creative, but at the end of the day, it was the same plot as the first one, of we mixed DNA to solve problems or to create intrigue and it went wrong. And they, I don't know, I felt like the second they didn't show it, I was like, they mixed it with Velociraptor. That was like my first guess. True. And then, I don't know, I just, yeah. It's hard not to rip into it, but it was incredibly predictable. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because as soon as they're like, oh yeah, let's use the raptors to find them. Well, of course it's going to have raptor it's DNA It's like, in what's it. it mixed with? That's classified. And I thought, oh, raptor. Yeah. Yeah, it was but, hard to figure that one out. That was... I mean, think about it. The whole final act plays out very much like Jurassic 1. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. does. You have the kids involved. You got the, the guy and the girl and the two kids. Yeah. All too familiar. And the thing is that they don't even establish the relationship between the, right? the adults and the kids. Like, not even close. It doesn't even come to a fourth of what Jurassic Park yeah. did. It, it's, the, it reminds me of J.J. Abrams does a TED Talk. And he talks about movies not understanding what makes them good. And he gives Jaws as an example. And he talks about how it's not the shark, it's the characters and the story. And he references a scene at the dinner table between the guy and the little boy. And he's like, you know, give us a give us a hug or something. He's like, how come? And he's like, because we need it. The guy's like upset, the kid and the... It's just like a well-written relationship. I feel like the same thing happened with Dumb and Dumber. The first movie was amazing. One of the best movies. And the sequel just didn't understand what was good about the first one. And yes, the dinosaurs are fun. But like, we just saw three phases of Avengers with the biggest effects and crossovers ever. What we need, what movies need, is not better and better graphics and effects. That's a given. I mean, I can watch I can watch YouTube series that have good effects nowadays. What yeah, we need yeah. is for people to spend that money on high caliber actors enacting well-written relationships and drama. And that's exactly. where I think Jurassic World <laughs> fell short was Exactly. Yeah, just like the people were not well fleshed out enough, no. the relationships were not strong enough. I'm. I would rip into Fallen Kingdom like all day. And so here's my positive: BD Wong. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. I love BD Wong ever since Law and Order SVU. And the fact that he came back, I was like, that is awesome. And the fact that he was then again in the second of the new ones, I was like, oh, this is great. And he's on the cast list for Dominion, so Mm -hmm. that's my positive: BD Wong. Yeah, I want I want to go back to a point you made, Dan, about about um, effects work and give an example of the I think knows a good balance between good effects and then creating a good substantive story. And just look to almost any Star Trek film, almost any Star Trek film. Star Trek films love special effects, but if you look at most of them. They know how to tell a good story. They're not afraid to get all technical and get all techy with you. They're, they're not afraid to do that. And, and they always have a good, strong foundation of a story. They always have good character development, great characters. I mean, Star Trek is all about its characters. This characters always come before the story with Star Trek. And that's why the, uh, the TV series almost all work, because they put the characters before everything else. And... Mm-hmm. I almost wish, I think that's almost part of the reason why J.J. Abrams took on the Star Trek franchise, because he saw that within Star Trek. That, hey, I can get effects happy, but I can tell a good story because at the end of the day, Star Trek is about characters. Yeah. Um, And I I just think that some, Star Trek could be a good example for for people to see that we can make a good balance between effects and and story without it being uh, too effects happy and, and taking that over the story. 
all the time. Yeah, I, I actually don't think I've seen all of the new Star Trek films. But, the Chris Pine ones? Yeah, right. Mm. But I, re I recognize that even way back in the original series, they mm. had cool costumes, they had creative mm. you know, effects and sound effects, but at the end of the day a lot of their drama was through dialogue and like understanding different species. And I mean, God knows their fight scenes were awful back in the day. And so it was really just about things that made you think. And I think that might be another part of, of what made Jurassic world challenging for me is the, the thought experiments seemed almost schizophrenic. Like, I don't know, just this kind of pitting humans against animals in the same way that I had seen again and again, but like constantly changing like this, this Raptor that almost ate, um, what's his name? The lead guy in the first one, just because someone fell into the cage, I'm now supposed to believe that they're like best buddies and he raised her and she would comfort him when he was crying. I would have loved if the movie had zoomed in and focused on Blue's struggle against her primal nature and her affection mm -hmm. for him as like a handler. That yeah. would have been awesome. And, like, and just kind of zoom in and not try to be so ambitious about all these species and and just let us see the relationship of a man and his dog in a kind of way, you know? I didn't even realize how much they they tried to force that more deeper relationship on us in the second movie. Right. Because that wasn't as prominent in the first one at all. Right. Yeah. Well, and it could have been. I mean, that moment when the Dominus mm. Rex gets the raptors to choose a new alpha could have been such a better moment oh, had, for we, sure. had we been investing into their relationship. Because honestly, the first scene where the guy was like, oh, these are weapons, we're going to use them. Oh, I loved that Vincent D'Onofrio was in it too. He's like, oh, these yeah. are weapons, we're going to use them. <laughs> and Chris Pratt had this whole chorus where he's like no no these are animals you got to respect them they're living things you don't own them you know you don't have power over these mm -hmm. i thought that was going to set up a whole movie's worth of really cool relationships between chris pratt and the dinosaurs mm -hmm. um you know just like any of those westerns where the guy can whisper to the horse and you're like oh that's cool he tamed that horse really easily and mm -hmm. just yeah. didn't see that yeah, no, it's 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 one of those things where um, I, I feel like I think D'Onofrio, by the way, is one of the high points of the film, too. Um, I think yeah, he's pretty, he's, pretty much I mean, he's, in. he's such an underrated actor. He's going to be the high, high point for a lot of films that he's usually in. Yeah. Well, yeah, look at Daredevil. I, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. I have to ask this question for you, Dan, because we talked about this in the in the previous uh, Jurassic uh I have I had this theory and and you remember the uh, you remember the kid in the beginning of Jurassic One the one that, that Alan Grant does the Raptor claw and he goes here and here and he freaks oh, him no. out. I have to ask Dan's opinion on this. I always had this theory that the the boy could possibly be Chris Pratt grown up because 
in that film, he's talking about raptors, and then he ends up being attached to a raptor, raptors later on. I think it'd be a good connection to make in the next film when Alan Grant and him meet up that he remembers him. I thought that would be a cool connection to connect the originals to this one. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at pictures of this of this kid. Mm-hmm. He's got a very distinctive list uh, look to him. Yeah, I mean, as far as theories go, that's fine. But the time span seems too. That is the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that being the biggest issue. But to be honest, I could see the movie just foregoing that and just not even acknowledging Fair it and just going with it. I don't know. I, I, I can see them doing it. So if they do do it, I'm not going to be surprised. And I think I think what that makes me think of is that every time we watch a Jurassic Park film, we have to become acquainted with a whole new cast of characters. Why is that? Why do we have to keep meeting a new cast, the new children, the new old man who's, you know, retrospectively seeing all the mistakes of his organization and then the young bucks trying to steal it away? They're the same archetypes. They just don't fill them with the same faces. And so it doesn't even necessarily feel as much like a series as it does some like dinosaur anthology that tells the same story in a bunch of different settings. Yeah. Well, that that's my biggest gripe too about when we said about who we would cast in this place. This is why I would have put Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm here because yeah, you know it keeps the flow of the story going. We're not just changing and putting new faces in there for the sake of telling a new story, which is not really a new story. It's the same story told in a different sheep's clothing. Um, it is a problem, and, and I'm glad you made that made that correlation with with that because that's exactly the problem. Is that um, it was okay from Jurassic to Lost World because Ian Malcolm was in the first film, so he was still there. We had new characters around him, but at least it was still him. And in three, it was still Alan Grant amongst new people. But then we get four, and it's like, okay, nobody from the first movie's in there except for, you know, Henry Wu, and everybody else is just thrown in new, but we're going to do a lot of the same similar things with them. Yeah. Why? Another thing... I guess I'm just continuing to gripe. Another thing I would have liked to see is much more of the outside world. I feel like the intros to the movies or any exposition of like, hey, here's the new characters, here's the new organizations, kind of talked about the way the world looked at this problem Mm -hmm. or thing. But then we didn't really get to see the wider politics of it all. And so, I mean, I guess now my requests are schizophrenic because I want to hone in on the relationship between one dinosaur and one man or blow up and see, like, you know, globally or factionally what's going on with these islands. Um, Yeah, That's actually a good lead into Fallen Kingdom because Fallen Kingdom in the beginning kind of goes back to what it's like at the mainland a a little bit. Um, But that also goes back to my biggest gripe with Fallen Kingdom, and it goes back to the fact that they never acknowledge the fact that there are two islands. When they go and rescue these dinosaurs and, a, and the island blows up with a volcano, they act like that's the only island left with dinosaurs. And we know there's a whole other site with them. So I don't understand. See, did, I, did I miss something? That's, that's something that I, um, I brought up when I was watching it with 
Cassie last night. Mm. Uh, and that was, she had asked if there's dinosaurs still over there. Now, I think because of how small Isla Sorna was and how limited there was of dinosaurs there, mm-hmm. I don't think that those dinosaurs would have survived on the small island like that, however many years later. And that's why that's why things don't go into, um, they, they don't ever go back to Isla Sorna. Because if you look at the, the comparison between the two islands, Isla Nublar is so much bigger. That's yeah. true. In Lost World, it was so much bigger. And I think, I want to say that Hammond explains it at the beginning of Lost World, saying that the, the, there was that lysine deficiency that they yeah. were that was programmed into their DNA. And I think oh. that the dinosaurs found a way on the second island to, do, to go without it. Yeah, was so- Jurassic World built on Site B? Yes. Okay. Okay. That so, actually clarifies. That actually clears it up a little bit. That mm-hmm. does, but it draws a question: How did they get to Site A to find the jeeps? No, the site. Um, they didn't get to Site A at all. The jeep that was there was just kind of a relic from. Was that really in the first movie where it was just? Well, yeah, so I mean, the, the, jeeps. the scene where they find the all the tools and the jeeps. Oh, I yeah. thought. Is this supposed to be? And then I and then they uncovered the banner, the original mm-hmm. Jurassic Park banner, and that's what the boy used as a torch. And mm. so I kind of was confused if maybe they they did the same parallel where Jurassic World was on Site A rebuilt, except mm-hmm. a section of Site A was kind of defunct and abandoned, and then Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom was on site B similarly to Jurassic um, Jurassic I'm losing track but Jurassic Park 2 it's a good question I, I have to look into this because there is some confusion here There's that, is because, in, that is incredibly inconsistent yeah so now it kind of goes back to Fallen Kingdom's problem again here without acknowledging the other, the other island because now we don't really know what island that they were going to in Fallen Kingdom and what island they were on in Jurassic World. I always assumed Jurassic World was on Site A, that they just built it on the same land that Jurassic Park was built on, mainly because of what yeah. Dan said about the goggles and, and, the, and, the, and the Jeeps. Um, yeah, this is this is an interesting thing, and this would be a pretty big plot hole in continuity if this is in fact the case. Mm-hmm. But do they ever bring up the... the um, of two sites in Jurassic World at all, because I heard a lot of things that when Jurassic World came out, they were trying to say that Jurassic World was more of a sequel to Jurassic Park, like it was trying to ignore the Lost World and 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 three. Oh, they said that they were trying to do that, but never picked up that they were trying to do it. But that would actually make sense by ignoring that the fact more the second island. Yeah, I mean that would make more sense, but I, 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 I don't know, man. But if you're gonna bring back Ian Malcolm and Alan Grant in three. Now we have a new problem because now it's back to well, two and three probably exist again. Because you're probably yeah, going to have. I, I know, I know that's something no one really wants to truly admit is that two and three exist again. But hey, I like two and three. I, I'm sorry. I think but... we, if I'm remembering it correctly, I think Isla Sorna is mentioned in Fallen Kingdom, but just barely. Like they don't so they go do into two islands. Yes, yes, they do. Okay. Hmm. Okay, now I need help. Yes. Rafe Spall, 
the guy who played the villain in in Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. The young man. Yeah. Eli? I, I recently saw him in something. And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what it was. I'm looking at his IMDb. I feel like he was... Men in Black? Dirty and long-haired, maybe. Yeah, he was in Men in Black International. No, that's not it. But, uh, it's no? Not, uh, the BFG? It's dri- nope, it's driving me nuts. I looked on his IMDb, I ch- and maybe he, maybe it's not him, and I'm going crazy. It could also be a role maybe he was uncredited for at times. Yeah, I just feel like it would have been... Um, it would have been big enough. Sorry, that's a sidetrack. I will keep looking, and when I find it, I will shout and interrupt <laughs> the podcast. Um, what did you guys think of some of the new characters they brought into Fallen Kingdom? Uh, I, I didn't think any of them fit. Like none of it fit. They were throwings. Like, yeah, they were throwings. Uh, I didn't sorry like to the, interrupt the, you guys. Uh, oh, we got a comment real quick. So an idea for your next cast, do one on a movie based on a true story. Watch the movie and then do your research on the actual story and see how accurate or inaccurate the movie is. <laughs> That'd be cool. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, it really fun. is not. That's, that actually sounds like a fantastic idea. I think we got an idea for what to do then. Okay, Jeremy, continue your thought. Um, oh, shoot. Where were we? Uh, Throw-ins. Oh. Throwing yeah, throw throw I, I did not like the the parallel of James, John Hammond to be James Cromwell as another old guy oh, with oh a God, game yeah. with the, the the mosquito in it. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is this copy and paste? It didn't make any sense, and I didn't like Eli. His character was far off. And this is what happened. A Fallen Kingdom to me felt like. An amateur using Photoshop for the first time and just copy pasting from this to the original series. Well, I don't really but, understand the logic of, as to why we had to bring back an old man character, like you said, Jeremy, because like we never heard this guy mentioned before with Hammond. Mm-hmm. So, where was this guy through Jurassic 1 through 3? He all of a sudden just pops up, like, Hi, now I want to control the park. Well, where you were you when I all the crap was, was happening? I bet someone in the writer's room thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was a scene where the cane with the amber end fell and busted? And then they reverse engineered that suffocation scene so that they could create it to have it fall and and bash to bits. Did he inherit that cane? Did he inherit that cane from Hammond when he died? Well, so the story is that they each had one. And they That's turned right. it into the kitten. No, I'm just making this up. That actually, no, that actually, didn't they say, didn't they, I remember there actually being a line where they both had one. Was, am, am I mistaken? That sounded familiar. I it did. I it sounded familiar. so convincing with my BS. You were incredibly convincing. I'll give you that. Bravo. Bravo, Dave. So, you were convincing. And by the way, it was one day. He plays the comedian that Anne Hathaway dates in one mm-hmm. day. Which is an awful movie. If you haven't seen it, don't watch it. It's terrible. I, ha- I haven't seen it, and now I will not, because you strongly recommended I don't. So, hard, hard pass. 
So yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't understand Eli's character. He just turned into some capitalist who was looking for money, and then I don't know how he was suddenly in like entrusted with all of his funds after he died either. That yeah. didn't make sense. And after you know um, Lockwood found out about what he was doing, he smothers him. Th- yeah. That felt so wrong and off. It didn't fit with the story. It suddenly made Eli psychotic and a murderer just so that he could get hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, it's like, don't you think that if he really wanted hundreds of dollars that he could have just done it sooner? Why, why was that the moment to do it? Yeah. Okay, it's time to make him evil, so let's let's have him kill the old man just so we can, you know... It was, it was the gladiator moment. <laughs> yeah. That's but again, pretty much what it was. But again, stripped of all the passion. And maybe that's just because they didn't want a very intense smothering scene. Um, probably not as far as characters i really enjoyed that were additions now this isn't fallen kingdom but i loved the ceo um the guy who was like the the hobbyist helicopter pilot oh in jurassic world yeah yeah oh the uh the indian guy yeah yeah, yeah, he was pretty. He's pretty cool. I actually was kind of bummed when they killed him off because I thought he was. Yeah, kind I was of too, but quirky. I just thought he captured the, um, I don't know, recklessness of a CEO pretty well, of like an eccentric billionaire who's like, Masrani, who, who's 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 who authorized <laughs> this, and they're like, well, you did. <laughs> yeah, you you did. Oh, that's right. My bad. Yeah. Uh, one one thing yeah. we should mention about Fallen Kingdom, though, is the biggest thing is that Jeff Goldblum makes a small, minute return. Right. And the, the thing is, is his character in that movie is more powerful than the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's pretty you bad when, when five minutes of screen time come off as like, I want to see more of that than what we're getting. Mm-hmm. It's true, and that's why I'm looking forward to Dominion because when they're when they're telling me that the old characters are going to get just as much screen time characters, I'm like, okay, well, this is what we should have done to begin with. You're yeah, doing things yeah. you should have done two movies ago, so maybe this so will be the true Jurassic Park Politically speaking, who's the production company? Who's the director? Like, Well, Universal we... made the movie. Um, okay. Movie was directed by... Uh, oh, what the heck's his name? Colin Tevereaux. He, he wrote and directed the first film... Um, second film was done by, uh, uh, it was a, it was a new guy. He was a foreign director. I forget his name. Um, but Tevero still had a, still had input with the story. Right. And Tevero still had input with the story. And then Dominion, Tevero comes back to write and direct. Um, and the only reason why he didn't do, um, Fallen Kingdom is because Lucasfilm had hired him to do Rise of Skywalker. And he was actually fired from Rise of Skywalker when they brought Abrams back because uh, Tevero had done two a movie and a book prior to doing Rise of Skywalker, and the movie was reviewed terrible. The book was it bombed the book sales, and Lucasfilm got scared and they fired him. But his leaked script came out or uh, concept art and part of his script, and actually I would have preferred Tevero's Episode Nine to what we got. It's kind of upsetting. It was even going to be called Duel of the Fates, which was the iconic song from Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, sure. and all fought. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so this is why he didn't get to do Fallen Kingdom and ended up being for nothing because he didn't get to, to, to do Star Wars anyway. So, Where's his career gone since then? Nowhere. He came back to do Dominion because that was the job they were willing to give him back. So we are going to get what his idea was the first time around, which is dinosaur-human hybrids. <laughs> Called it! <laughs> that might be the direction we're going in. I, I don't know. Um, I did read, they had a, a, a prologue for Dominion that, that, that was on before uh, IMAX screenings of, of Fast and Furious, New Fast and Furious. I didn't mm-hmm. get to see it that way, but I read the description of by what we were shown. It was like a six-minute prologue, which is going to be like the six, first six minutes of the film. And the movie does start by showing the dinosaurs um, during prehistoric times, and they actually show the mosquito landing on a dinosaur, taking the blood out, and the you know the, uh, the sap of the tree kind of encasing it. Then they show mm-hmm. the dinosaurs become extinct, and then they do a, a jump forward to the dinosaurs being released on the mainland. So I like the fact, like even the teaser poster was a callback to Jurassic One. So in a way, I'm kind of almost feeling like that maybe they're finally getting it. Especially when they're bringing back the original cast. So there's a little bit of hope I have, because I think this might be the true Jurassic 4 we should have gotten from the beginning. Oh man, some of this concept art has a a dinosaur-human hybrid with a cybernetic arm. Oh god. Oh god, please, please, please no. Please no. It's like a gun arm, maybe. You gotta pull this up for us, Mike. I'm yeah, going to. I'm buddy. going to share the screen. Oh no! I'm like. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm gonna share it, it for everybody. It clearly has like no external ear, but there's I a metallic drum. <laughs> like both going, oh no! And I'm just like the Kool Aid Man over here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's got <laughs> little velociraptor have... toes, long fingers, four on each. Well, he That's has one. That's so hand. bad. That's okay, so here terrible. We go. That is god awful. Oh. There we go. Look at I that. I mean, that is a scary, scary thought. Let it happen. You know, it's sometimes over the top and extremely unique. I can be happy with that. If the audience is listening to the audio and can't see this, um, I'm going to post the link on our Facebook so you can see this on the comment section because this needs to be seen. And no, here's, here's the acted thing. out. Here's the thing. They're going to take. They're going to take Jurassic Park three. They're going to take Billy. Uh, and Billy is going to be this dinosaur-human hybrid. <laughs> he's going he's to round the corner to Alan Grant and just go, Alan! <laughs> so it's going to round the corner, Alan Grant's going to see him, and all we're going to hear is, kill me! <laughs> we did, we it, talked about this, though, in length, that it was going to end up like the Alien series, and man, were we right. This better not go this direction. Mike, I think you're the only one that did not think that this was going to happen. I still think it's going to happen. I still don't think it's going to happen. If this is anything to go by, you're going to be walking out of that theater real quick, buddy. This will be the uh, 
Henry Wu's explanation. This is the next stage in human evolution. Oh, no. Well, in a way, they wanted to use them as soldiers, but they wanted to be able to control the dinosaurs, not create them like that. So they, they better not do this. They better not do this. <laughs> Dan, I, I'm scarred by the fact that you just showed me that now because now I'm really scared. Now I'm excited. <laughs> I, You know, I had trouble oh, God. generating excitement for Jurassic Park. <laughs> now I'm all in. I, I'm going to go to the theater <laughs> first in line. Now I'm gonna be upset if we don't get a dino hi- human hybrid with a cybernetic arm. If they turn that into a, the next teaser poster, I'm done. I'm done. Mike, I'm done. I know a few people that are computer programmers. I will have one of them go ahead and print me out a realistic poster and send that to you. Unless it comes from Universal Jurassic Park's official Facebook page, I will not buy it. Unless you hack their page which I don't recommend doing. That's the only way I'm going to buy it. I say not hard. I went to school for that kind of work, so. I still ain't going to buy it. Now that you just said that, I'm not going to buy it now. Yeah, now nothing. Nothing nope. but seeing it in the theater. Yep, pretty much now. That's about the only way I'm going to buy it now. So we need to start building a decoy movie theater. Oh, jeez. You guys let me know when you come up with that one. I'll applaud you. <laughs> oh, okay, so... In the grand scheme of things, I guess I'll ask the big question. Jurassic World vs. Fallen Kingdom, where do they rank by themselves, and then where do they rank in the whole scheme of the series? Uh, this is pretty easy. I gotta get... I don't know. I'd have to say Fallen Kingdom over Jurassic World. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. That's mine, too. I think it's slightly more enjoyable. But that's not saying much, though. Yeah, that's tough for me. Um, I can't even get one over the other. It's, it's I just liked different things. Ultimately, I liked the visuals about Fallen Kingdom better. But at the end of the day, we're supposed to believe that these dinosaurs that we had trouble keeping on an island are now successfully kept in trucks and basements. Like, the even smarter version of the raptor is kept in a basement cage for how I don't know. I so I think I have to say that they just even out for me. The weaknesses of one are the strengths of the other. So, uh they're the yeah. same in my The only eyes. reason I put Fallen Kingdom before Jurassic World is just because Fallen Kingdom feels a little bit more original than than Jurassic World. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I will give you yeah. that. And it's it looks Domin- better. Dominion's going to feel completely original, Mike. And I think the ensemble cast of Fallen Kingdom moved more towards what I liked about the first, where you just had, like, characters in different roles, you know, bringing their own kind of thing. I don't think they spent enough time on the secondary characters, Mm -hmm. Um, but I still like that diversification rather than just having two characters that I'm not all that excited about with kids that they're not all that connected to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm calling it now. Jurassic Dominion is going to be the. It's, it's going to be the. Um, it's going to redeem. It's going to redeem it. It's going to redeem. It'll the redeem it, but the other two are going to fall so far short. Like yeah. They had to at the end of the day, their way up to it. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, it goes to me. 
Jurassic World. I'm going from worst to best here. Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Kingdom, Lost World, uh, Jurassic 3, then the original. Hmm. Mine's pretty close to that, too. Um, I'll go from best to worst. Uh, Jurassic 1. Uh, actually, it's funny because actually I go one, two, three, five, and four. Yeah, I was gonna say I would pretty much do them in order, except it's too hard for me to pick between four and five. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. flip flop five and four, and other than that, it's pretty much mine are down just the line. tied for last. I can't even give them one of them. But I might like them more if just, they had kind of human hybrids. Well, I wasn't impressed all that much with two and three. I mean, they're okay. And so if 4 and 5 are just remakes of 2 and 3 with better graphics, and, I mean, the the Dominus Rex was pretty cool in Dominus Rex. So maybe I would say 1, and then all of them on the same level after that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's incredibly hard to, to rank this. I mean, it's quite obvious that one through three are far more superior, and they're easily miles and miles above the last two. That that's completely obvious for all. Well, no, it was only the first one that was on the northern island. The others were miles south. Mm -hmm. Yeah, site A was was one. Site B was two and three. I can't tell you what four and five are on. I I don't know. Four and five, from what I understand, it is on site B. I know that they've made numerous attempts to put us in a different path, but I think it's all in Isla Nublar. I think Isla Sorna was forgotten. Yeah, man, I, I, think I so. thought I was going to be fighting for <laughs> calling these movies not that great. No, no, we've we've all kind of thought about it, and we realized that you're kind of right. There, 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 this this series, I'm there was like I'm no back. disagreements. There was no disagreements <laughs> at all with Jurassic Park. We were all like yeah. all on the same page with this whole series, yeah. um, which is a was, shame. It's a, it's a cool concept. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, I'm it, it, it begs, it begs the question: Is this what Steven Spielberg had in mind for the vision of this when he started directing back today for Jurassic, well, the original Jurassic Park? I he hired the right person to do three because three turned out pretty good. Um, but four and five, I, I'm starting to think that he was just very loosely involved after three. That's what it feels yeah. like. And it's sad because, you know what? The one thing that four and five are missing, I go back to this every time, it's missing the Spielberg magic. Because even if you watch Jurassic 3, it still feels like one and two. It still feels like it's a part of it. There's still that Spielberg magic. But four and five, they just feel a little bit apart from those first three. There's something different mm-hmm. about them. And I think it's because... That Spielberg magic is just not there. That's an interesting point, because even just the art to the simple things was interesting and cinematic. I don't even know what words to use to describe it, but like the way they're like shocking the dinosaurs in the beginning scene of the first movie is just captivating to watch. It's pretty. The lights are cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I just felt like the the moments that were supposed to be that way didn't have that. Maybe Spielberg magic is is the right way to classify that. 
Yep, I think that's the way to, to really describe the problems that, that these, these two movies have. Yeah. So, okay, well, so Jurassic what, so Park what's is next over. for the podcast? Well, uh, I'm liking your mom's idea here, Mike. Do one off uh, based on a true story. I like a true story. Um, and then as far as a retrospective, I, I know it goes back to what Jeremy said for the longest time, and I know Jeremy knows what I'm going to say. Terminator. He's, Jeremy's wanted to do Terminator for a long time. And I think that is the perfect series to do because I think it's very controversial because of all the different ways the story goes. Yes. And I think we're all going to have different opinions of, yes. of each one. Oh, Kendall, we're waiting for you to join in on this one. <laughs> yeah. And, and we have to, have to, have to at least give a little bit of time to Sarah Connor Chronicles. Because if you don't talk about Sarah Connor Chronicles, but you're talking about Terminator, then your opinion just flat out doesn't matter. Well, I got one positive thing to say about Chronicles right now. When we compare to Terminator Genesis, Lena Headley is a much better Sarah Connor than Amelia Clark ever could be. Yeah. That's not hard to accomplish. No, it's not. Am, that's what I'm saying. I'm that that should have been your Genesis I'm cast. I'm going to hold it for the podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, that, no. I, um, why am I afraid of what Dan's about to say? <laughs> There's nothing to be scared of. Uh, but that's not me. to say that I dislike Genesis, though, because there's still a lot of things in Genesis I actually do like. So Okay. As far as I'll go. But, yeah. So, I, um, I like so all Terminator. the movies. So, you know. Uh, Ooh. You like them all? Okay. Okay, This it, it, that's going to be fun. I, I'm, I'm reserving all thoughts until then. Seeing, well, so, before, go how are with, we going to split it? I got to go with Jeremy on this one, actually, because I didn't really have a whole lot of negative things to say about the series, really. But splitting it up, that's interesting because this is this is actually complicated because I don't even know how we split this up. Yeah. Um. So the you've first got two. Yeah, I, I feel like one and two are natural. Dark Fate and, is actually supposed to be the true sequel to Terminator Two. It's well, supposed to be. that's going to be last in line. So. Yeah, I would say one and two, and then Sarah Connor Chronicles and three, four. And Genesis can go in one. And they're so different. I think they'll pair really nicely together. We're forgetting about Salvation, though, with Christian Bale. Wait, which one's four? Sorry, four, four. is Salvation. Yeah, four Salvation, five's Genesis, yeah. and six is Dark Fate. Are we gonna, yeah, are we Dark just gonna... Fate isn't even out yet, right? No, Dark Fate's no, been out, out that, for a while. Out. Two years ago. We're ready. Wait, <laughs> what? Yes, well, we, we know what you gotta watch now. You gotta yeah, watch Dark Fate. seriously. I... I'm not even sure I've heard of this one. I really mm-hmm. liked Dark Fate. Linda Hamilton came back to play Sarah Connor, an old Sarah Connor. Oh, no way. It's good. It's pretty good. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm not disappointed that I think that's probably going to be the last one we might get because it did not fare very well. Yeah, that is oh, and I mean, it sucks that that's the case, but hey, at least it has an ending question mark. Yeah, that's the problem with Terminator. There's always a big question mark if it's the end. There's never, like, total finality to it. And, you know, that is one of the valid... Well, yeah, save it for the cast. Okay, we got Terminator. I'm ready for it. (laughs) Cool. All right, guys. Well, it's good to have you back, Dan. Um, 
and I'm looking forward to getting into Terminator. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. A lot of stuff to go into. <laughs> All right, so let's do this outro pop properly. Let's see if we can do this. Um, who wants to say that's a wrap and cut and cut. print? Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us for another episode of Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews podcast here. with This is Jason talking here with Jeremy, Dan, and, of course, Mike Winkler. Uh, look forward to tuning in to our next retrospective, which is going to be Terminator. Uh, other than that, that's a wrap. We'll be back. Cut and print. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. And coming soon, we begin our Terminator Retrospective. Also, be on the lookout for other podcast episodes in the coming weeks. To read our written reviews and listen to our podcast, go to lcareviews.com and subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Thank you for listening to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast.